So let's give a big round of applause to Bjorn. So, hey guys. Uh, last time I had the presentation and used one of those, I punched myself in the face and broke three front teeth. So I <laughs> stood there like an idiot trying to like recover. Uh, so I'll try to be careful now. Uh, a real pleasure to be with you, and it's been amazing this morning. And I uh, turns out I forgot something, and I drove home in the coffee break earlier, and I was just like digesting the talks that I heard earlier, and completely transformed my presentation through that. Uh, so this is maybe a bit unrehearsed, unrehearsed, but I'll I'll do my best to explain myself. Uh, I am a Reykjavik. Reykjavik-based product designer, and from a really funny generation of of product designers, where everything I do have to be really socially and environmentally justifiable. So it's kind of hard to to choose your battles these days. Uh, and here are tiny samples of two projects I've been working on: the Ministry of Icelandic Vegetables and and then a ship about cargo shipping, uh, plastic recycling workshop by. I run out here in Granti and some school um, building with architects in Tanzania. Uh, but I'll start with my graduation project called Cargo that I collaborated with my friend on. Uh, and I was trying to find the root of all evil. Uh, and that, of course, quite obviously, was capitalism. And I was going to try to bring it down single-handedly or with the help of my friend. Uh, and the project started with this moment right there. This is a dumpster full of bananas in Reykjavik, Iceland. And it might not seem of particular interest or particular importance even, but we don't have any banana plantations in Iceland. Uh, so that's why this image really got stuck to my brain. And I really wanted to find the person who imported these bananas so alien in the Icelandic landscape. And I wanted to find them, not because I was looking for anybody to blame, but because I just wanted some answers to my questions. Uh, and this guy, a local food importer, he went on to educate me about how the world is shrinking at an ever-growing rate due to cargo shipping. And this is maybe my closest connection point to the web. Uh, and we started digging deeper, and the bananas we're consuming here in Reykjavik are exported all the way from, no, imported all the way from Ecuador, more than 6,600 kilometers away. And we wanted to get to the bottom of this story, so we made this banana passport to kind of envision the journey the banana must have taken just to reach me. And we learned some pretty amazing facts, like that 33 people touch a single banana on its way from Ecuador to me, and that it travels through all these various posts that kind of now connect the globalized world. Uh, so I think I was moving closer to ruining capitalism. Uh, that was my belief, at least. But then the least romantic object I can possibly think of, the steel shipping container, somehow caught my attention after all of this. And as you may know, uh, we are a, a rock situated in the middle of the North Atlantic. We don't even have the resources to sustain ourselves because of the harsh climatic conditions, but it doesn't really matter anymore in the age of global cargo shipping. 
because we have some other resources. We have fish and a lot of fish, so much that uh, while other countries have queens and kings minted on the coin, we have caught. Uh, and on the other hand, we have vast amounts of hydro, how do you say this, geothermal and hydroelectric energy, and that attracted the attention of heavy industries such as the aluminium industry. And yeah, this is our story about that. Uh, and this piece, the 20-foot shipping container, it was only standardized back in 1969, and it ensured that all of a sudden it could match on any ship, any train, and any truck worldwide. And this had really profound impact on the planet because uh, all of a sudden countries could focus on producing just sugar or aluminium or bananas for export and then totally rely on import of other products. And uh, we contacted the biggest cargo shipping company in Reykjavik and they, of course, really didn't want to meet us. Uh, so it took us like three months just to convince them to allow us onto their site and through conversation with these people, we kind of got closer to the system. And we went on a quest of tracing these materials, the two uh, representatives of Iceland, basically, cod and aluminium, to understand our surroundings a bit better. And we wanted to objectify and mediate our research to others through these objects. So we kind of wanted to create some things that would explain their own story in a way. Uh, and here are some details from our research. And it kind of transformed into an abstract installation of uh, simple elements that are a part of the cargo shipping system. But furthermore, we got so interested and intrigued by origin of products so that we, we ended up producing a maiden label for an aluminium can or like the, whoop, uh, or like the national drink of Iceland. And this is the maiden label, maybe two meters tall. And I'll play it for you just so you can like feel the shock of the scope of the system with me. So aluminium is, uh, the production starts in Oreximina in Brazil, where a red stone called bauxite is mined, but it needs to be purified to be usable, which is why it travels down the Amazon River down to a town called Barcarena. In Barcarena, the red stone is transformed into a white powder called aluminium oxide, but it needs to be melted to be usable. So that's why it's traveled over the whole of North Atlantic, more than 6,000 kilometers to Grundatanki, where this white powder is melted into massive bricks of aluminium from Grundatanki to Reykjavik, from Reykjavik or the North Atlantic again, uh, to kind of the center of Europe at this point, which is Rotterdam. But from Rotterdam, it travels down the River Rhine to a factory in Düsseldorf, where the bricks are flattened into sheets of aluminium, back up the River Rhine to Rotterdam again, from, Rotten, uh, from Rotterdam to London, London to Immingham, Immingham, the sheets are pressed into Cairnship, back to London, over to Rotterdam again, before making its way over the North Atlantic again to Sundhöfn in Reykjavik, uh, and then driven up to Ortonsholt, where our national drink is filled on the can. So that's my investigation into cargo shipping and kind of my interest in 
origin of stuff. And as I move into another slightly related project, you might think that I'm obsessed with cornucopias. It's probably my, <laughs> my favorite thing. Uh, and you can see one just under the O as well. So uh, I feel like this symbol really represents our time really well, like the symbol of massive abundance of everything. Uh, and I somehow managed to squeeze it into every single one of my projects. And secondly, uh, I think it's time to introduce myself as a product designer and a professional dumpster diver. Uh, it's a part-time profession. Uh, but this video is going to speak a hell of a lot better about this project than I am myself. Do you have audio? But food imported dumpsters is going to be like 10 tons of bananas or, or 3 tons apple, you never know, but it's always like big quantity of whatever you, you get. My name is Björn Steiner. I'm a product designer and a professional dumpster diver. Nobody really should tolerate food waste. It's ridiculous to, to produce food to throw away. Uh, it's, it's a waste of money, it's a waste of resources, it's a waste of time even. Still we're throwing away like 40% of all the food we produce. It's ridiculous. Right, unlocked, luckily. Yeah, so here come a bunch of grapes. Oh wait, they have like way more. There's gonna be a, a nice grape patch. And look at this, like, we're not talking about rotten, disgusting stuff, it's just fine, fine looking grapes. This is probably enough to ferment and still a batch. A lot of the food goes to waste, uh, it's just because of like fluctuations in supply and demand that they can't really know how much they need for the food market and sometimes they're just thrown away like a like cartons after cartons of new apples. Uh, it's devastating to see, but like even more crucial to take action and do something about it. Okay, the grapes are clean and nice. Uh, so next step is gonna be to Produce the bunch of it and start fermenting. But I'm gonna start with a batch of blood orange. The process of making alcohol is super simple. I just start by putting some juice in, add some yeast. The yeast eats all the sugar and the juice and turns it into alcohol. This one here is apple, uh, and this is, you see, like there's no bubbling, this is totally finished to be distilled. This is yellow melon and still super active, I put it in, what, four days ago? Yeah, so now I'm just gonna get to distilling this stuff. I started fighting food waste by handcrafting vodka from discarded fruits. To be able to do this, I designed and built a simple open source distilling machine 
so more people could join the fight and help preserve valuable resources by turning it into strong liquor. Because strong liquor doesn't require a best before date. The support. Right, so helix attached. Yeah, everything's in place for the distilling to start. Uh, I just set the temperature to 80 degrees because the alcohol evaporates from 79. Current temperature is 23 degrees. Uh, and I allow it to heat up slowly. And then when it reaches 80 degrees, alcohol vapor rises, condenses in the copper coil because of the cold and outflows pure afterwards. Super clear and let's see. Wow, it's just like a tiny hint of apple, but it's super good. Yeah, so that's a. From a my bus. smile, you can see that I'm probably the only one good super apples. thrilled about like this. Yeah, but this is the reality here in, in Reykjavik, even though all the fruit are imported, then we're still seeing like tons of fruits being thrown away every week. Uh, and the idea about the project started when I saw a, a documentary from a marine ecologist. Uh, and when they were investigating shipwrecks at the bottom of the ocean, the only thing that was still perfectly intact was honey and alcohol. Because alcohol over 23% doesn't require a best before date, so that's how I, I imagine that this would be a perfect way to give the fruits their true value uh, and storing them basically forever. Uh, and as I said, I started by making an open source distilling machine to fight this and I, I hope to create like a movement of, of like engaging the dumpster diving community into joining this project. And luckily only like three people downloaded the machine, so I needed to, to rethink my strategy a bit. Uh, and pretty tacky and gruesome, I guess. Uh, but then, uh, since the open source didn't really kick up, kick off as I, I wanted to, I contacted every single food importer in Iceland and I made a contract with them. So now everything they have to throw away, they give to me, uh, and I'm I'm getting up to 12 tons of fruits every week that I can produce this stuff from. Uh, and I, I'd like to remind you that we're still in Reykjavik, a population of like 200,000. Uh, and the process is really quite as simple as I explained, but now I have to produce it in a, like, a certified kitchen. Uh, so I, I just get a phone call, hey Biosi, we have like two tons of blueberries, I go pick it up uh, and I ferment it for about 10 days. And the scale of the operation is growing quite quickly from this tiny machine up to this one now. So here I can distill up to 3,000 liters at a time. Uh, and this is closer than ever to actually becoming a, a legal product. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping to have this in the duty-free duty store in January. Uh, and I just have to keep pushing this forward. 
Uh, and what I really, really enjoy about this project is that I've been fighting the supermarket and the food importers for many years now, but then we kind of just landed on a mutual agreement that, like, of course it's beneficial for both of us. They don't have to spend money on throwing the food away, and I get my supply every week, so I don't have to be in some gruesome dumpsters getting something that I would never get certified. Uh, yeah, so that's where I stand, uh, and this is the product. And for those interested, uh, I'd like to propose a toast to food waste. Uh, and I really encourage you to come and, and try. Uh, so what I have on offer now is a pineapple vodka. And yeah, it's not going to make you blind. It's actually certifiedly <laughs> <laughs> produced.